Hello and welcome to the Rack and Tour Collection, a podcast about everything, everything nothing, nothing, sometimes some things, some things, all at the same time. My name is Charlie, and I am joined by my co-host and some would say brother, Jack. Jack, how are you doing this week? Charlie, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I had a stressful weekend though. Um, Laura is driving to uh, a baby shower this weekend. And the brakes gave out on the Malibu, like on the highway. They just stopped working. So that was horrifying. You know, she's fine. Everything was safe. But then the car wouldn't start. And turns out this whole thing with, uh, who does Malibu? Is it Ford? Mm, you're asking the wrong person for cars. Who, whoever does Malibu. I think it's Ford. Um, I can't remember. But there, I guess there's like a whole like recall thing that people are trying to push forward. But like. They're like not doing a recall, and so there are tons of lawsuits because of stuff like that. Because that just happens on those model, models of cars, especially with the brakes going out. I mean, that's pretty on the highway. Like that, the brakes going out—that's like uh, the worst catastrophic like, like failure. Literally, just no, just suddenly. So yeah. that was. But she's fine. She's good. Um, and then after that, you know, Ellie had her first birthday party this weekend. Oh, yesterday. That was a lot of fun. She really enjoyed it. And her friend like lives literally two minutes, like a two-minute drive, maybe a top five, ten-minute walk from us. So I'm like, maybe we can get some, you know, hanging out time. So it's more alone mm-hmm. time for us. So Yeah. But yeah, so been a pretty good weekend overall. I've uh, been enjoying just life in general, just enjoying each day as it comes. And not not too much. I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty Zombies. Mm-hmm. A lot of Call of Duty Zombies. Love it. I will say the attachments on some of those World War II guns are blasphemous, but it is fun. Yeah, so. I was wondering because you could... I've heard mixed things with the zombies. I've heard some people say that they really like them and then other people are like kind of disappointed with it. So I've heard both. In general, that's how this Call of Duty kind of seems. It doesn't seem like it's as bad as like Call of Duty Ghosts when Ghosts came out because that one was... Or like the Infinite Warfare trailer, which got a... Which I thought looked really cool, to be honest, <laughs> but... Like Infinite Warfare always looked kind of like a cool one, like the space stuff. I did like that. So, yeah, that was one of the worst ones, though. But now there's a whole. Re- I'm telling you right now, there's gonna be a renaissance with Vanguard in the next year or two. You like, think so? I think Vanguard's like really good. Um, I honestly think the whole thing against Call of Duty is just people who enjoyed it when they came into it are now getting to that whole pessimistic phase. You know, hey, I'm like 20 now, and this sucks compared to Black Ops 2 when I started playing. And I was like, well, no, mm. if this is just like World at War. We'd all be bored by now. There are no camos in World of War. There was maybe three attachments for the guns. Like, it was fun, but it got really boring really fast. Like, that was one of the least played multiplayers of all the Call of Duties. Yeah. So it's like, I, I know why they kind of made it the way they did. I don't agree with everything, but it is fun. Campaign's been fun so far. It's got some cool characters in it. The cutscene graphics look amazing, dude. Yeah, I mean, they're getting to that um, point. But yeah, the zombies is fun. It's not just traditional like wave based anymore. Yeah. It's like objective wave based. Like each objective you complete uh, in this like little hub world kind of area progresses the round. Uh, and then there's like exploding zombies. There's like big like minigun kind of zombies. So, yeah, brutes basically. Uh, so it's it's cool. I, I I personally as I'm not a zombies aficionado, but I'm a huge zombies fan, and I really like this one. Yeah, it's it's, it's good. So I hope there's more expansions to it. But Charlie, how's your week been? 
It's been really good. Uh, started my new job, so I've been driving up yes. to. How's that been? Yes. Owasso. Yes. Every day. How's that? Been? Um, it's been good. I mean, yes. to be honest, it's been pretty. I would say on the easy <laughs> side. Okay. Um, a lot of like the stuff I'm learning, I really kind of already know, and it's more just like shaping and kind of like molding some things that I was a little unclear about. Getting some of the rust off. Right. Exactly. So that's been good. Um. Honestly, the worst part of the job has been uh, how much sitting I've been doing, and it's—I'll be honest, man—because we sit out in like the lobby on the Starbucks chairs, and it's been ki- it was like killing my back. Like the last three days I worked, really? like my back was killing. Why, why are you sitting so much? Well, because you're doing a lot of like module training. You're like making the schedule. Oh, you're improving okay, okay. punches, and so rather than gotcha, so gotcha. much time on the floor, you're doing like a lot more of the admin stuff. That makes sense. And so, yeah, like a lot of like note taking, meetings, calling people for interviews. I mean, that kind of stuff. Uh, like the store manager that's trained me was like, hey, "Are you comfortable with calling people for interviews?" And I was like, "Yeah, like <laughs> that that kind of stuff." I have no issue there, with whatsoever. There's a weird thing where it's like, it is like a power dynamic. But if I'm like, if someone's younger than me, or if I'm like their superior, no pressure at all, you know. Yeah. But if like someone's like a position above me, it's like. Hey, answer these really tough questions or do this thing. I'm like, hmm. I, that's when I feel like mm. a little, not like a lot, but that's when I'm like a bit more nervous. Yeah. Basically, as long as I have the power, I feel fine. But. That, I think, is something for me that as I've worked more in the service industry, my view of like upper management, it used to be very similar to that, where like I'd feel the stress of their like visits or when they're coming for meetings. But now, to be honest with you, I kind of look at them as like, hey, no, like, uh, you know, I kind of look at them as like a guide, but I don't yeah. necessarily think that they're right all the time or that they know what's going on all the time. You know what I mean? I think especially what I'm learning, because even as a store manager, I do believe there's a disconnection that has to happen to where you don't and you can't care what happens on the floor as much as you did as say like a shift supervisor or a barista, just because for sure, for sure. you need the distance to actually lead the team. And so then you're working through your supervisors to make sure yada, yada, you know. Yeah, you can't be out there worrying about every minute-to-minute activity because you have so much you already got to do. Yeah. So you'd rather kind of essentially look at the numbers, go to the floor and be like, hey, so like what's... Yeah. Now, what I'll say, though, is that that disconnection, I think, can definitely skew too far in the other direction to where if you start asking your team to do things that are impossible or just looking at the numbers and not knowing Mm -hmm. or understanding why things are happening the way they are. My perspective of working so much on the floor is very helpful, but you know, um, but other than that, yeah, it's kind of cut down a lot of the more free time I would have, uh, still been writing, working out. I kind of went a little bit lighter on my workouts just cause yeah, my back, but I think yeah, for sure. This last Friday, I literally like had the heating pad and that like helped a lot. So you know, I was able to kind of just relax and this weekend's been nice just to kind of, you know, chill out. It's been a little, little lonely because Kate's been gone with her family there in Branson, I want to say. Is she still gone? Yeah, she's still gone. Oh, I was like, I was I'm wondering why she didn't say hi. Yeah, so she's been gone a little bit. And so like uh, Friday and Saturday, it's kind of been like, or like my days off, like Saturday and Sunday, you know, I've been like, oh, well, did all the stuff I want to do. Okay. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like I like I run through the stuff I want to do by myself like pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, because like Laura, you know, when the car broke, when the Malibu broke down, she was up in like you know her hometown for a while, and I was like, all right, Ellie, off to school, 
And then I was at school. I'm like, well, like, what do I do? I guess I'll just stream, do some cleaning up. And that's all I did. And I was like, I'm kind of, kind of bored. Not like bored, but I was like, yeah, it's like, I like doing things with, you know, together. Like, I can entertain myself alone just fine. But I was like, oh, we don't get, can you? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I can. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, we don't get like that much alone time together. So it's always like, I wish we could be spending this alone time like together. So, but, Stream some zombies and, of course, there are people that can be like, "This looks like just a looks like a reskinned yeah. uh, Modern Warfare." And I'm like, "Have you literally not seen? Have you not played Call of Duty ever?" <laughs> I was like, "War, uh, World of War was a reskinned of Modern War." Well, I'm not gonna get to Call of Duty. Any, yeah, just pe- all these little nitpicks that people are giving. I'm like, you hear them every single year. Like, it'd be. Um, I've only heard maybe like two criticisms against it that I like. I'm. I. It would be I interesting like that's to look at the franchise this is like a longevity because call of duty has been releasing yearly for i mean since 2007 yeah like so for a long time something like that that might be an interesting topic in the future just to kind of look at i honestly look at other franchises like assassin's creed did it for a while before it kind of yeah now they're doing it like what once every three years i think maybe they're done they they were talking about turning assassin's creed into more of a platform I really think isn't it already kind of a platform. I think that well, I think think more a la Fortnite esque, right? Okay. So they're starting. I think with the rise of games like that, I mean, you can really say like you know, PUBG, Player Knows Battlegrounds, was kind of the first one to really like to like send it like skyrocket, and then you yeah. got Fortnite, which then got more you know huge. It's unreal. And I have a lot Fortnite of love got. for Fortnite. I played yeah. Fortnite a ton. Like oh yeah, for the great. first like year or two, yeah. we were all about it, dude. But, oh, yeah. um, you know, so I think a lot of people look at that and they're like, holy, holy crap. Fortnite's making bank over here. How can we make a little bit of that? I mean, they, it got so big to where Epic Games could take on Apple in a lawsuit. Like, you know, they're yeah. like, hey, um, just buy it in game. We're going to bypass the Apple store. And Apple's like, no, you can't do that. And they're like, yeah, we can. You charge us ridiculous fees. And we're going to, they can get the same amount for cheaper if we just sell it. So that's what we're going to do. Yeah. And that was a whole thing. I don't know. What ended up happening, but I think it's still ongoing. I know it pulled up a lot of yeah. But just speaking of Call of Duty stories, I was like, the story for most of Call of Duties is pretty interesting and good for the most part. I think the pacing's a little weird, but I was like, that might be a fun individual podcast idea, like a mini series I can do is like go through the story of each call, like each Call of Duty, mm. and just be like, who knows, like on a little side project. But yeah, but Jack. Anyways. Today is not about Call of Duty or about jobs. It's Today not. is the epic conclusion to a <laughs> little series of episodes we did a long time ago. In fact, let me. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, you got the. There's that rendition. You got the gist of it there with Jack's beautiful rendition of. <laughs> this episode is all about Return of the King. Let's get that out real quick. I'm checking. I'm checking back to see. When the last one it was, was back in April, uh, so Fellowship was yeah in April nineteenth, and then Two Towers was Two Towers May thirty first. So uh, we're definitely I'm timely glad I was say June, definitely but. timely following this episode up. But I wanted to kind of dive into another movie again because we haven't done movies and the talks of a potential Dune episode coming up. You know, diving more into movies, diving more into movies. But yes, this week. All about Return of the King. One of my personal favorite. I mean, Lord of the Rings in general is fantastic. Yeah, I, I literally rewatched it earlier today. 
before I came in, and it, it, it dude, it hits. The last time I saw it all the way through, I think was a, before I was twenty, so a long time. Interesting. Ago. But, yeah, see, I've watched like the whole trilogy multiple times. Dude, it so. was, I can't tell you, like rewatching some of these movies is like really emotional in a way because I think I'm just like processing it differently. Mm. So so great, yeah. It's it's really good. I think while they are great movies, I don't like rewatch movies that much. Mm. Uh, aside from a silent voice, but you know, just super good. So yeah. speaking of movies, we watched Happy Feet. Oh, Elijah Wood. I, I, I just one. want to say, yeah, it has Elijah Wood. That's the whole. That's how they connect, but. That movie's freaking weird, dude. Yeah. It's so strange. I was watching, I was like, there was a part where like he interacts with like the cosmos and has like this whole like weird like trip or an hallucination. And then there's it's so weird. But I don't know. It was a very strange movie. Anyways, Return of the King. A much, <laughs> much better movie, some might say. I would say Return of the King probably better than Happy Feet. I think it's a little contentious, but um, there's a lot to be said about Return of the King and about um, Lord of the Rings in general. A lot of that we've covered on Fellowship and Two Towers. Again, this episode is specifically focusing on Return of the King as a movie, although we might bring up some book material, although I don't think Jack has read it, so um, but he's pretty familiar. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've read parts. Just with our... I've seen the animated movie, too. Yeah, with so. our family saturation with Lord of the Rings. Like, I think, you know, Jack has just absorbed that. But all about Return of the King, really sp- uh, focusing on the movie. Um, Jack, I'm going to just toss it to you first after this kind of brief little statement here. But a lot to say about Return of the King. I yes. mean, there's a lot of deep themes that go through it. There's a lot of battles there's a lot of emotional moments there's of course you know this is the end of this this franchise this franchise the end of this series the end you know and in many ways of a lot of things of like the end of an age it's the you know end of the elves it's the start of the age of man so on and so forth i mean you can draw parallels to dark souls you can draw parallels to game of thrones i mean without lord of the rings so really you see sean bean in a flashback right Really, where where would, you know, fantasy be? Because, you know, even though I think people have moved away from Lord of the Rings as they should, I mean, Lord of the Rings, I, watching it now, it's still just as captivating. Just very, very much so. I mean, so, yeah, take it. So, I was looking at Fellowship of the Ring, 2001. Two Towers, 2002. And then Return of the King, 2003. I'm pretty sure they're filming all these, like, all at the same time or something yep, like that. Close to that. They did. And... Man, each movie is like three hours long, and they're so good. Like rewatching this movie, the only the only part that I was like, "Ooh, I don't know if that holds up very well," is the part where Smeagol goes under underwater in the beginning. No, Deagle goes underwater in the beginning because like, mm. that fish is dragging him, yeah. and it's that weird like superimposed kind of underwater thing. That's the only part that I'm like, "No, that doesn't hold up." Yeah, but it's still fine. Yeah, and yeah. it's so. One question I have. Maybe you can ask before we get more into it. But were Smeagol and Deagle a thing? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. In fact, you learned like, about them in like, Deagle, my love. And, and you learned like, about them in Fellowship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, um, I believe it's in the Minds of Moria where Gandalf actually tells Frodo this whole thing. Now, were they a thing? I thought you meant more. Were no, they a he thing? Because he says Deagle, my love. Yeah, but I think. 
that actually, I think, goes into a broader discussion of the different type of like masculinity that you see in the movies. That's true. The brotherhood, the uh, you know, those bonds of friendship and yeah. love. I, I will I, say, yeah, the bonds in these movies are like like so deep and like different ways that it's almost a way that I hope to experience one day. Yeah. Just, I mean, like, like I was telling Charlie before we started recording, like I cried probably two or three times this movie. One of the times tears were actually going down my face and I was like, Oh my gosh. But yeah. we'll get to what part later. But I mean, this movie just has so many stand up parts. Yeah. The cinematography is so well done. I think the pacing's pretty well done. Um, acting's phenomenal. All the characters are really good. The only character I will say that I'm not a huge fan of their acting is, uh, who's is it? Liv Tyler, who does Arwen. Arwen, she's fine, but she's a bit too much. She's very breathy. I want to control. Yeah, my own. Yeah. I'm like, and eh, you know, it's a bit much, but it's it's fine. Yeah. Uh, I just I always forget how much I like Lugless Gimli Aragorn. Like there, the whole scene where he goes, they're going into the Mountain of the Dead, or I forget its official name, but they they walk in there the path. And, the dead and it's it's so cool and i will say i could only think about other than the movie the video game the whole time <laughs> I, was, I was like i remember playing this part in yeah. the game where yeah. you're going to like yeah. you know fight the undead king and you fight the undead king and then you like let's bring down the olifon all the all the these classic parts are just that only counts as one yeah. you know so well you know you brought it up the beginning the beginning so- might as well start there, as yeah. good as any place. Between Smeagol and Deagle, I love the way this movie opens with the... It's kind of creepy. Yeah, and I I think it's really, really effective because it's been a year since you've seen Two Towers. And so I think it's... Because this is, you know, this part is in... It sets the, the tone extended, for the movie yes. really well. And yeah. then it also reaffirms the power of the ring. And it really tells you what this ring is doing. Especially when it's that hard cut to... To Frodo, you know. I will say it, like, because I, when the Deagle grabbed the ring, goes up on shore, and then immediately they're both, like, choking each other out. It's, yeah. I was like, how, why is it so powerful? And she's like, well, think about it. The ring's been there yeah. for hundreds of years. Yeah. It wants yeah. to, you know, you, like, yeah. use its power and, like, have, like, a host. and that, Like, it wants to be moving again, essentially. Yeah, and you have to think of it, too. Um, The ring has, like, really weird powers. It does. It influences you and it brings out the worst side of you as well so i mean if you learn like a little bit about smeagol beforehand the ring kind of just really um highlights a lot of his like worst tendencies as being kind of sneaky and you know brings out all that but yeah that part is horrifying especially like when he goes into the cave the first time and he's like we forgot the taste and, that, the, and you're like, like real, oh like my the, god and he bites into that fish and it's just like, like makeup they use <laughs> and then like there's his a part eyes. where his eyes are yeah. like normal and then it goes into the whole like how he Oh, it's really looks. it's really well done. Really well done. And I will say it also me wondering I was like how is Smeagol still like cuz he'd be like dead if the ring's power yeah. wasn't over him. Yeah. But I was like I guess the ring just has That's the power of the ring. So much, yeah, that yeah. it's like keeping him alive. Yeah. You know, like that's how much it's a part of him at this point. Yeah. And so I was like it's really it's almost insane how powerful like this ring is. And you kind of really start learning that throughout yes, this movie, I think. Definitely. And I mean, it's what's so crazy about Lord of the Rings, and I think a lot of other fantasy is trying to do is their use of time. Like he has it for like five hundred years. And <laughs> yeah. five hundred years is like an incredibly long amount of time. I mean, 
think about 500 years from like today's date. Like we're jumping back to the 1500s. I mean, it would be 1521, you know, what was happening then? You know, what would the world, and so it's, it's you crazy. Know, I, should, I should know the answer to this because I listen to a lot of history podcasts, but. I mean, America's not even a thing yet. And some Frank named I mean, Ferdinand. Christopher Columbus hasn't even found here yet and like pillaged and, you know, destroyed. I mean, we're, we're, you know, the world is not anywhere as close to what it is. And that's only 500 years. And so. Yeah. When you think crazy. about the lengths of time, Lord of the Rings says that a lot. And, you know, I bring that up because when I was writing my book. When I was young boy. And I was. <laughs> when I was writing my book and thinking about how long ago this cataclysm happened to put the world in a state, I only set it back 300 years. And that sounds close. You think, wow, this huge cataclysm is only 300 years ago, but like 300 years is a long time. It is a long time. It's a long time. And it, that's enough time for recovery and for plenty of things to happen. And so, I mean, like put it in perspective, we became a nation, you know, about 1776. And then, not even 300 years later, we're in space. Right. So, like, yeah, it's kind of crazy. crazy. Yeah, just push of time. Time. But going on to, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, starting the movie again with Smeagol, Gollum, as he becomes Gollum, really, it really sets the tone and the stage for the movie. You know, I think it's it such a good, like, parallel to what happens at the end. And it shows you that, you know, that's what could happen to Frodo. Like, that's not out of the realm of possibility the longer he has this ring. And so we go from there. But Jack, I'll toss it back to you. Again? Again. I mean, unless you want me to, I could. No, yeah. I don't want to jump too much through all of the movie, and I don't necessarily want to break it down character by, by character yeah. or scene by scene. So I'll kind of toss this. like 10-minute jumps. Yeah, I'll kind of toss this question to you. Thematically, the movie has a lot going on. What's the one kind of through line for you? The one plot, the one part of the movie that every time you watch it, you're like, okay, I'm all in for this part. Honestly, the part, any part with Pippin. Okay. I, I really like Pippin's story throughout this whole movie. It, I like his, yeah. him finding the, is it is it Palantir or Palantir? The Palantir. I like him finding that. And Gandalf was like, oh, give me that. Yeah. And that that whole scene, I will say the slow mo in that part was like, yeah, like struggling with it. I was like, ooh, yeah, not a fan of that slow mo. There's definitely some effects and like stylistic choices of the time that I'm sure were like in that you watch it now. And I mean, I feel that way about Fellowship when after Frodo crosses the river and he like falls off the horse and he's like floating through the white abyss and you see like Elrond's head come up. (laughs) You're like, this is so dumb, man. (laughs) But but like it is it is good, and I'll you know. And I actually looked up, I guess, like, it puts him, like, in this weird, like, catatonic state. Yeah. And and then Gandalf is, like, there's this whole, like, incantation. And, like, it's, like, did you tell him anything? Yeah. And he's, like, I, I don't think, you know. And, yeah, he's, like, paralyzed by just interacting And then with he the has his whole, like, Lord redemption Spirit. arc. Yeah. You know, and he, the whole part where they come up to, um, God, I'm so bad at the names. The steward of Gondor. Um, Denethor. You got it. <laughs> there you go. I was, like, you, you got it. Yeah, I was, like, I got it. Boromir Denethor. And, you know, he like is like, I feel responsible for Bormio's death. So I want to offer my services. And Gandalf like hits him with the staff. Yeah. And, you know, I think Pippin's story through this movie, it's it's really good. Also, there's Gandalf's talking to him about 
you know, how it's not the end. And I was yeah. like, that's where I started crying. I was like, this is just really good. Yeah. It's just really good. Really well written, really good. Yeah. I mean, and it's so crazy because there are so many parts. I mean, Pippin also has a part where he sings in Denethor's Hall, you and know, when Faramir charges out. He's eating. Which, talk about like, just an amazing scene. Talk about how like Faramir is like I I guess I have to yeah. literally kill myself, not kill myself, but, like kill myself in battle. Yeah, to be honored, to, to be honor honored. You, yeah, and you know it takes him almost dying for Denethor to be like, oh my my son, like I can't believe. Yeah. But yeah, he's like sitting there. It's like, yeah, I. He's like, do you wish Boromir? I said I die instead of Boromir, and he's literally just like, yes, yeah, I do. I wish it. And he's like, you see it in Faramir's face. He's like. Oh yeah, Faramir. Like, like, the, could you imagine the actor sells dad, it? Yeah, like telling that to like you or me. Yeah, or what? I was like, oh my god. Yeah. And he's just sitting there eating his turkey leg or whatever. And man, yeah, there are. Like I said, there are so many moments, and I mean, that moment's great. And then I love the follow-up moment where Gandalf rides out, you know, as to try to help them retreat, mm. and he uses his magic for the first time, and that little choir comes in, the kind of soft voice as he a- like scares the nazgul dude away. i will say my astute yeah sound effect design side not really but uh the part where he stops and you hear mm-hmm. like it kind of goes like and almost like it goes back into like his staff i was like that's a really cool yeah. little touch right there really liked that yeah uh but there were parts where i was like why aren't some of these knights like hey gandalf can you like be a wizard like yeah. please yeah <laughs> please like right now that i know we're skipping ahead i, I apologize everyone no but, no no it's fine Gandalf's story through this whole thing is really good too, because he's Gandalf is almost literally like a demigod. He is, yeah. and the part where he's like, no matter what comes to the gate, stand your ground. Yeah. Like, you are knights of Gondor. Those three like yeah. armored trolls come Dude, through okay. in his face. He's like, let's let's pause there for a oh, second. Shoot. I think about that all of the time. Like those you, poor guys, man. You those are poor guys. A Gondor soldier. A Gondorian. How? Gondorian. <laughs> a soldier of Gondor. But uh how even if you and like your eight best buds you trained with, how are you supposed to kill that? Unless you just have like they show him sticking with long spears, and so I guess that'd kind of be the way. Well, I feel like the only way they kill him is, you know, you get like the British longbow one from Agent Pirates 2 and you just volume. But like, geez, like that it's just horrifying. It's like, how are you supposed to I mean I, I'm this episode's going to annoy some people because typically jump around a lot. But there's another part that I was like, oh, that's like the worst choice you could make. Yeah. Should I go ahead and say yeah, it? Or go for it. The part where Theoden's like, for- reform the line. Charge the Oliphants. And you're like, why would you do that? They get up to the line. <laughs> just like swinging side to side. Well, like, what else are you supposed to do? Though? I know, but I was like, oh, why? But And they do actually kind of end up, you see how they, they kind of get the upper hand. Around yeah. and... The, but yeah, it's what's what's the guy's name? The really he's like the handsome guy, the handsome like we're here and got the long hair, brown beard. And he like chucks the spear at the oh Aomir, Aomir. Yeah, I was like they all have like very similar yeah. names. It's hard to keep track of, but mm-hmm. he goes boom, throws yeah. it there. I was like, mm, that's yeah. such a cool part. Like yeah. just I know I know I keep repeating how it's all super cool, but like this movie is just really well done. It is. Uh, Theoden's speech before they ride into battle. Mm. Again, I, I cried at that part. Yeah. We'll just, come we'll come back to that. We'll circle let's, let's circle back. We'll circle, circle back, back a little bit. You know New U-turn. Apologies. The, Get carried away. The whole I mean, every part of this movie I think is 
really good. I do think it gets it starts to get really torturous for Frodo and Sam. I mean, you know, as they get into Mordor and as of course Two Towers ends with them going up the the steps, you know, near Kirthangul. <laughs> the name names, the names of Lord of the Rings are so good. It's, it's almost like he made a whole language. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say like this man Lord of the Rings like just, it just isn't like books. Like it's not just books. No. It's literally It's a whole world. It's like, a whole world with like family trees and backstories and their own gods and deities and all these races insane. and languages. Like it's, it's like I was like, all right, time to, you know, Google what this Ram's name's come from. Like the oh, yeah. giant Grom. Ram. Yeah. Yeah. Grom. And like I was like, time to Google where this comes from. Oh, it's like three pages long. And yeah. I was like, yeah, of course, like everything else in this, you yeah. know. Any bit of lore you find in this thing, it's it's, it's really it, yeah, it's it's incredible. That's why they're like our literal historians of well, his work, and because it's yeah, it's this there's so much. And being a writer myself, I I don't know how he did that. I mean, it's it's incredible. He wrote a lot of it during the war too, but you know, Frodo and Sam climbing up those stairs. I mean, this is when you see quote unquote the, stairs. You see like the old city. Because it, it used to be at one time that... Uh, That's know, where Isilor was. Yeah, the people of Minas Tirith, like, they kind mm-hmm. of set up these outposts. But as, you know, they kind of didn't have enough people to hold them, so all these cities have been corrupted, which is kind of a cool detail in the books that visually you can kind of see in the movie. But, but yeah, you don't really... They don't know. really tell you. But yeah, they have the whole climb up the stair. And, of course, you have the tragic part where... Smeagol's, you know, throws their food away and then blames it on Sam. Oh, I, I will say, I know some people are like, how could Frodo do that? But like that, like watching it again, it's like, I really understand like this ring has this. And Smeagol's playing into like those bad yeah. tendencies of the ring because he knows what it feels like to have the ring. Exactly. Like, and yeah. it, it's really, it. I think it's really well done. I think all the actors do a really good job, especially like the whole part where he's like, no, Sam, like just go home. And Sam's like, I mean, like he just like collapses right there. Like, what yeah. are you supposed to do? Like, and how I mean, is he supposed to go home? Of or... course, that gets to the oft quoted, at least in our the Moan household, the share the load. I mean, that's what <laughs> I was, that part was coming up, and I was like, share the load. Here yeah. it comes. Um, share. The but yeah, load. you know, I think that's. I think one of the most brilliant parts of this movie is that whole subtext, kind of never spoken aloud story, but how. Frodo looks at Smeagol and it says, hey, Smeagol, there has to be a way to save him. Because if I can't save Smeagol or we can't save Smeagol, then what does that mean for me? You know what I mean? I think there's kind yeah, of Yeah, it's a, almost like a, a weird lifeline in a way. Yeah, you know, and so that's why I think yeah. you sometimes see Frodo aligning with Smeagol on these things because he has to trust that Smeagol can be saved. He has to trust that he's hearing Smeagol and not yeah. Gollum. But. And, of course, you know, I mean, Smeagol's just after the ring and, of course, leads them up to Shelob's lair. Shelob. And, God, I, the whole, that whole part is just horrifying. It's freaky. It, it's, I know, uh, Jack Henry, I know you're not a huge fan of Elijah Wood, but I think his acting and the whole Shelob section is really good. Like, he plays that fear oh, really Oh, yeah, the well. part where he, like, runs and gets stuck in the web. Oh, my, I was And the like, spider's behind him, and then... Smeagol starts freaking out, and then you see like just the fear and the rage in Frodo's eyes as he starts and cutting he's, like, through the web. And you're like, "Oh my god!" And this huge spider is just leaves his sword there and falls. And there's a part where like, he's like, "No, like I'm done. I'm going to kill Gollum." Yeah. And then he starts like choking him out, almost kind of like you know the whole Smeagol mm-hmm. Deagle thing. And then he's like, 
has this whole thing and Smeagol comes out and is like, it wasn't me. Like, it's the ring. Like, the ring's done this. And then there's that immediate switch when he's yep. like, I have to destroy it. And you see it. In, yeah, you see him There's go, a hey. lot. And I was like, even though, like, it's like a 3D model. Oh, like, it's, like, there's it's crazy. So, yeah. so much, like, emotion you can see there. It's really well done. Yeah, I think the decision and, to make his eyes bigger and his really emotive with his eyes. And you can tell, like, who's talking based on how his eyes kind of look. I think it's really Yeah, cool. it was, like, that part was, it was yeah, I got like we said, these movies like now, really stand up. This movie, how does like, he survive when he's kicked down whatever slim ravine that is? Yeah, I was like, how is he not cut kind of up just, to shreds? He, he looks like he's slipping down, so maybe he can kind of stop himself. I mean, but he's why he's been alive for who knows how long, so he's just wiry and slippery and. Yeah, I mean, I don't. There's no telling. I'm sure, like, who knows? Maybe he goes I mean, into a little soft bed of sand or something. And then you get you know the great part where. Shelob is like stalking Frodo as he's leaving. And I'll, like, I was watching it. And I, I looked at Laura and I was like, spiders are that quiet. And he's like, and it gets him. And then the orcs come, which uh, I know one of them's name is Shagrat, which, you know, fun fact. All I could think <laughs> about in that scene is um, I know like there's they do show Sam saving Frodo. Uh, but I, yeah. I more vividly, for some reason, remember the scene of him entering. They take what did it take Frodo to? They do they take him to Sirith Ungul? Or where my I'm getting a I don't remember the exact name of that there's tower a lot of they names. take him to. But there's a there's a whole in the animated version, Sam's the like, Watchers. Yeah, that whole part, and then yeah. he goes up and saves him. And they, they can't show death in that movie. Do you remember that? And so like the orc eventually just falls down the ladder that yeah. uh Sam came up and he's like, Oh really, you know, she's this orc. Yeah. The, yeah and i, I mean like, the whole part where sam fights shelob is great too you oh, know yeah. and yeah because he finds frodo and he thinks frodo's dead because he's like paralyzed and then after the goblins get him he's like dang it he wasn't dead yeah and but he took the ring you know sam's totally like all right well sam is like the true oh, hero of this yeah, movie he's like the like, he's like the backbone i mean you know and they go and that's where of course they get the mithril shirt that then the the mouth of you know, Sauron then uses against the party when they confront them at the end. But yeah, the, that whole scene is great because in the book, especially all of the orcs are like, God must be some elf warrior who's coming through here because we can't stand against them. And you yeah. know, of course they kind of do that with his shadow and he's like, ah, <laughs> and so he comes around the corner. It's a little hobbit. <laughs> it's Sam is just, yeah. Was it Sean Astin? Sean Astin. Yeah. That's his name just really mm, kills it. I can't tell you. I think all, like I said, I'm just gonna keep gushing over. Like these actors, I think did an amazing job. Yeah. So continuing, but you know, I continuing on, you know, of course the Rohirrim are trying to travel to Pelennor fields to help <laughs> the part, the where lighting of the bonfires. I mean, Gandalf was like looking up there and Pippin's like climbing up <laughs> and and burns the whole thing. Yeah, I was like, if you if notice Pippin... that he burns the roof too, like that whole structure is obviously not supposed to burn. Yeah, the guy's like, oh, oh, no. yeah. yeah, yeah. But then you get the cool good. part, you know, where they're lighting the bonfires, the music's going. It's, that's such a emotionally charged part that I've only on repeated viewings. I'm like, I guess there are just people who live in these mountains, whose yeah, souls, like, whose soul... My sons. I mean, that's what it has to be, right? My grandfather and your grandfather. And now but you... You know, it's yeah. cool. And These fires have not been lit. Oh, they're lit now. But yeah, I, I mean, I think... Uh, there's so much. So we'll kind of jump around, and we're not going beat by beat, but... 
you know, when Aragorn gets his sword, of course it's different in the books, but I like how it's done in the movie where Elrond comes to the camp mm-hmm. and gives him the sword. And then, you know, there's, that's when he decides to go on the path of the dead to talk to the dead people. I, the path of the dead part, I like in the book a lot more because actually a lot of the other rangers and actually I think Elrond's sons go with them. That's what Laura said. And they have like this long journey and it is really cool in the books. And there's a bunch of other stuff in the book where they like meet some other like wild tribe of men and talk to them and they kind of like get a shortcut. So there's a bunch of cool stuff like that that happens where it adds a little bit more flavor to the world. But I wonder, do you think if the Lord of the Rings, because I'm sure it will at some point, if it's ever remade into like a series, do you think they would include a lot of the stuff that's kind of left out of the movies? Because like these movies are like, if they try to include more to these movies, they'd be like five hour long movies, if not like six hours easy, like easy. You know what I mean? So I think the only way we get like a really true rendition would be a series, but it'd have to be done to the quality of the movies, which would be like you start quality of like, you know, game of Thrones, but yeah, you start, I think running into better. You start running into the issue of like, at what point then is a book or, a movie different like if you're going to be doing it beat by beat you know i think there's always going to be some translation that happens for sure but yeah that's that's an interesting thought yeah because i definitely think you could have like hbo series 10 episodes hour long hour and a half maybe long like the episode. fellowship oh yeah or two easily towers. easily three episodes all three movies i mean you could, well, you fellowship, I mean, there's so much you could do i i know that's the thing there's so much you could do so but, yeah, yeah i the path of the dead part i do like um, it's not my favorite part though. I think the the some of the humor with Gimli like blown. Especially this is in the extended edition, by the way, where he loves like blowing away some of the wisps of smoke and then the rain of skulls. I like when Aragorn confronts the king guy. You know that's really cool. As he's cool. kind of taking his mantle again as king. That's awesome. The but king of Gondor summons you. The the whole skull avalanche. I'm kind of like eh, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. You know I don't I don't really care. I guess I didn't see the extended version then because I wasn't in the version we watched. Yeah, that's a whole, that's all like extended stuff. They cut out. Golly. No, yeah. So the non-extended version is three hours long. Oh, I think the extended version is closer to like three and a half, four. Oh my gosh. It's great. But, you know, what I think Return of the King does really well is that just as in Two Towers, how they introduce you to, you know, to Rohan, and the Rohirrim, you kind of get the same thing that happens with Minas Tirith as well. And Minas Tirith is just an awesome design. I mean, it's so striking and so cool mm-hmm. looking. I will like, say, logistically though, yeah, really impractical. Yeah. I was like, <gasps> some guy running in from the gate, <gasps> yeah, going up all the Denethor. Yeah, you got some mail. Yeah, but you know, Denethor sitting up there. I mean, that's also where. You come to tell me my son is dead. Yeah. I mean, Denethor is such a, like, he's a scumbag, but man, the actor, the- like, kills it in that role. Like, he is great. And Gandalf is great. I was getting, like, frustrated with him. And I mean, my favorite part is where, you know. I think you're about to say it. I think you're going to say it. It's when Minas is getting attacked, and he's like, flee, flee, you fools. And Gandalf just poof, knocks him out, and everybody's like, and get back to your posts. Yeah. 
fight. Yeah. But God, man, <laughs> flee for your the, lives. Really I love good. how that battle starts where it's just like the exchange of the cannon or like the artillery in quotes, you know, where they're just launching pieces at each other. I wish that orc leader, I don't know if he has a name. Oh, the the huge, he has like the, I don't know. The, the he has like the malformed <laughs> set of said, Yeah. I wish he spoke like orcish and not just yeah. English. That'd be kind of like, nice the part where he's like, the time of men is like over. over. And I was like, why did, why did he say that in like English? Yeah. He should have said like an orcish or whatever. You know, like something. Yeah. I get like it's. You know, it's more impactful when you can like yeah. understand it clearly. But Whoever is in charge of the trebuchet or catapult team that launches that one that takes down that whole tower. I mean, you gotta feel like you'd be like, hell yeah. Yeah, man. it's like that's what I'm talking about. And then, but then, the then I got Asgore comes in. Yeah. That those scenes, I'm like, all oh, those guys, dude. You know, it makes you feel hopeful. You're like, okay, they can hold out. And then the Nazgul swoop down and you're like, Oh my god. And these things are like They're huge. They're huge and they're like the perfect counter. They I literally also, just destroy their yeah, catapults. I also did not realize that it was the Ringwraith King. Yeah. That was doing the shrieking. Yeah. Like it's him. Oh, and I was yeah, like, oh my God. I thought it was like the Nazgul, but no, I was like, it's actually just him. Cause and he's the one who stabbed Frodo. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, so I was like, that's really freaky. It's like debilitating to like literally. Yeah. Everybody. That's, and I love that. I mean, um, they're just so evil. Like it's, <sighs> It's so well done. And the whole part where they're bringing out Grom. 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 Is it Grom or is it like Gron, like Grondo or something? There, it's some I, kind wanna, of name I think like it's that. Grom. I think it's G-R-O-M. But I don't. I could be wrong. It could be Grond. Grond. I think it's might Grond. Be, might be, yeah. Um, And they have like, in the in the book, it says, calls them just like, you know, these siege beasts or war yeah, beasts. Yeah. And I love the way they design them. Like these weird rhino kind of yeah. just pulling this yeah. huge ram it's so it's so cool yeah it's awesome i mean and they break through and then the trolls come through and it's it's just but we rewind a little bit back to when the orcs are initially attacking like the the city the Oskiliath. city yes yeah yeah and that whole part of their way like when they pass and they yeah sort of like attacking i was like really well done i will say the one thing i wish that was a bit more um, visceral in the movie was like the way the swords impacted because there's a lot of scenes where the sword just hits someone, yeah, and it just like it hits. It doesn't yeah. like, cut. It just you notice that a lot, hits. like because the orcs have a lot of like blunt weapons, and you, in that part, there's several scenes where like it's like ding, and it looks like kind of a light hit, and the guy's like, Ugh! well, even like there are parts where like Gandalf was like slashes yeah. the orc, and like his blade just like hits him, and there's no like cut or anything. I was yeah, like, you know. They spent a lot of money. I'm movie. willing to like kind of overlook that because yeah, I think getting that detailed visceral might be hard. But, I mean, because there's a lot going on in all those. Nowadays, scenes. I think you would definitely have. It. Oh yeah, because like Peter Jackson would loved it. I mean, he loves showing guys getting decapitated, and I mean, yeah. So, but man, I yeah, the whole siege of Osgiliath's good. I mean, I love. I don't. That part might be in Two Towers where they turn that corner and he's like, "Hold!" and they shoot all the arrows. You know. Well, that's in two towers yeah. and they're on the ramparts. Yeah. Yeah. They but do, I mean, they do shoot some arrows, but, but yeah, they get run out of Osgiliath and have to retreat. And of course, that's why Denthor is like, hey, you wouldn't bore me or could have held it. And Faramir's like, what do you want me to do, man? Like, you know, even though he did the right thing by like not taking the ring back, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then they have that whole thing where they charge back to try to take it back. And you're just like, mm-hmm. it's just pointless. Like they're too entrenched and they have too many people. Or two less. Yeah, I was like, that part's just rough. Yeah. That's a rough part. Yeah. 
then what what are we missing? I feel like we've we've probably gone over a few few bits. We've gone over a few bits. I you know, I think I I personally like how we're doing it, kind of jumping around because I think people who listen to this will have already seen the movie and just this is definitely for people who have seen the movie. Yes, so sorry newcomers, but yeah, the movies are like eighteen years old now. So yeah, and I love how you know you kind of see you mentioned it earlier, but how Denethor only really snaps back to himself when Faramir's dying, and you can tell that his long time of using this Palantir to kind of gaze like Sauron's been basically just whispering in his ear the whole time, and so yeah, that's why he seems so hopeless. The Palantirs, it's almost I think at a good a more digestible way to think about the ring is definitely think about it almost like in Harry Potter with Voldemort's Horcruxes. Yes. There's a lot of that going on. I think Harry Potter does it in a little bit more of like a easy, like easy to understand. Whereas Lord of the Rings does it with a much more like, it's like the Palantirs are these, they're like communication orbs. Yeah. But they, they can show whoever's using like the future and the past. Like, yeah, but, but you have Sauron to have the willpower to can, yeah. use them, or you'll see like fragments or like bits and pieces. So Sauron's just showing him what, yeah, you know, like yeah. his future. So I mean, that's why you have someone like Saruman, yeah, who can like. Which how can no one? No one saw he was gonna be evil. No one saw he was gonna be evil with the name like Saruman. That I think you know I really like Saruman in the books a lot. I think it makes more sense, but what they do in the movies is they turn him more into the like mini boss before Sauron, you know, they kind of, cause in the books, he's much less in the books and the parts he's in are very different. Yeah. And of course at the end, I mean, he gets killed in the beginning of return of the King. Um, I don't know if that's an extended scene that they cut. It is extended. Yeah. But you know, he goes up to the tower and they're talking to him and then, and then Wormtail ah! stabs him. And he has that whole great part in the behind the scenes where, Christopher Lee's like, no, when somebody gets stabbed, it's like all the air, and you're like, yeah, because I guess Peter Jackson's like, I want you to be like, ah, yeah. he's like, no, like when you're stabbed and it's like a, you're dying, <laughs> it's your breath's leaving you. It's like, oh. and I was yeah. like, and he falls because he was like, yeah, because I think he was like, <laughs> didn't he say like he's been, yeah, he was in <laughs> war, right? He, like, yeah, something people. like that. He, he was like, I've seen people die, and that's what happened. You're like, oh my god, and then you're like, okay, yeah, but um, you know, of course, in the books, then he becomes Sharky. And he's in the Shire at the end. I really like the end of Return of the King, like in the books, with the whole like scouring of the Shire. I that's kind of a cool part. But anyways, I understand why they leave it out of the movie because the movie has so much to do already. Exactly. I think, like we said, like these movies could have been so much more, but I feel like at that point it would have been too much to to digest much, yeah. for just like people who haven't read the books or even yeah. people who've read the books, and yeah. it's just like they you want to like enjoy a good movie. Yeah. Because like it would be a good movie still, but it wouldn't be. I don't think it'd be as fondly remembered because it's like, yeah, I really like this part into this, but then it's like, and it takes away from the gravity of the ending to have like another little conflict pop up. For sure, you know. While I think it works in a book, I don't know if it works in a movie. Because how would you have the movie end with the destruction of the ring, and then they go to the Shire, and then they have to save the Shire, and it's like, you know. But I guess we can move on a little bit. I mean, at this point, Sam rescu- rescues Frodo. They get the goblin armor. They're traveling through whip- the wastes. There's a way. Oh, every time. Part, right? Yeah, yeah. Every time we watch that part, I always like, I'm always like, hey, Kate. So there's this animated movie where <laughs> and I'll pull it up on YouTube. Doom, 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 doom. We don't want to go yeah. to war today, but the Lord of the... Yeah. Animated 
Return of the King, fantastic. The uh, actually the the way they do the the Witch King and the animated Return of the King movie is pretty cool. He has like the glowing yellow eyes and that crown, like that tiara crown thing, like the flame. Yeah. Um, he's actually described that way in the books. Fun fact. Let's talk about the 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 Witch King. Oh, the Witch Super, King of Angma. He's super cool and it's a huge mace. <laughs> I like. Um, didn't they like? Was it that? Did they make it that big, or did they edit it to be bigger? Because I remember, I think like, they the, might have. Behind no, the scenes, Peter they, Jackson was like, "I want it bigger than that." I think they just kept making it bigger. They're like, yeah. He's like, "I want it bigger." Yeah. No, like I want, I want it bigger. Like I want it to be like this. Yeah. Stupidly big mace. Like. Yeah. Uh, I really like that whole scene. Uh, where Aowen's like, it's not really like a fight. No fight. man can kill yeah. me. But then you know, Mary comes up and yeah, stabs yeah. him in the leg and yeah, and she. I love the way his mask like crumples in yeah, on like, itself. I was like, that's a really yeah. something about that is just really cool to me. And then Yeah, I mean, right dies. before that you have the really sad part where Theoden dies. I mean, that's where That's the, right after she kills him. No, no, no. It's I mean, he, oh, he's dying. Yeah. That's he get you know, the whole the serpent thing comes down and throws his horse and breaks his back, and it's just like I guess we need to rewind a little bit because that's all the Oliphant stuff and you know, yeah. they, they ha- kind of handily take care of the orcs, and the orcs basically start fleeing. Yeah, and then they flee to the ships, and then the, ships, yeah. the army arrives. Yeah. And oh. but yeah, I, that, I really like the way they made the the spirits, ghosts, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. I love the way they did the army in that. I think it's They're cool. That's a cool way to do a ghost. Yeah, I mean, I guess rewinding a little bit back to like when the Rohirrim actually arrive in Pelennor Fields, you mentioned it before, but that scene where Theoden gives his speech, I mean, it's amazing. It's, you know, and it's painful, too, because, of course, the orcs are shooting arrows at him. So you see some of those horses going down, but there's just so many of them. And you can see, like, the fear in the orcs' eyes as they, like, get closer it's and closer. so well done. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, the, like the scene, he, the, he's the just, music. like, shouting. Like, everyone knows, like, we're probably going to die here. Like, yeah. everyone goes into it knowing that. And I was just like. Yeah, I, I mean, Howard Shore, man, he. He hasn't really done. I like looked him up once, and he hasn't done a whole lot. Yeah, I was like, I gotta but say, my it's my, absolutely yeah. incredible. Like the music and mm. one of my other favorite composers, even though I feel like he kind of does some samey stuff, is Hans Zimmer. Um, I think he's he did the soundtrack with the composed on the soundtrack for like Modern Warfare Two, and also not just that, but that's one. You mean he did the new Dune movie? Yeah, I mean he does. He's done like a lot of work, and I was like him plus Howard Shore. If they were to work on like whatever they're doing now for the rings, I think they're making they're making a series. I like yeah, Amazon's making a series. Yeah, I was like, that'd be a great I like soundtrack. I almost like Howard Shore more because his music is so it's like, not as it immediately sticks out in my head. You know, Hans like Hans Zimmer has a lot of like boom, boom, like a lot of yeah. like power to it. And I want to think Shore's of Hans Zimmer, I think of like Dark Knight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um and Howard Shore's music's very much more like like distant you know yeah. little notes here and there and yeah solo instruments and the whole orca like orchestra oh. comes in it's very very well done and like yeah. anytime i hear that i'm like yeah. i for some reason it makes me tear up yeah. i just it's it's very like emotional for me like lord of the rings i think because it's been a part of my life since i've been like so young and then just like i said watching it again now that I've experienced more life and I'm like really kind of like digesting it. I yeah. feel like in a, like in a different way. Yeah. It like is really impactful. And like, like I said, like it is it. 
here you keep go ahead and keep talking yeah I'm no it quote. i think for me lord of the rings is so good because you know we in this you know in today's day and age i would say like the gray story is much more in vogue right you know it's it's kind of lame and cliched to have good and evil right but you you can't undersell though how good Lord of the Rings is because it's a very pure version of that good versus evil. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And how corrupting evil is, but then the spirit of good, you know, I, that, because that ultimately is a soul conflict and it's so easy to understand and it's so visually well done in the movie. I mean, yeah. And, you know, you have stuff like Game of Thrones, which I would argue is a more compelling story. I wouldn't say it's better written because Lord of the Rings is beautifully written, beautifully crafted. But, you know, Game of Thrones becoming more of a gray political thriller where you have not necessarily heroes and knights. I mean, Game of Thrones almost feels like a direct, not even challenge, but they looked at Lord of the Rings and they're like, hey, we love Lord of the Rings, but we don't want to be so, hey, good. Aragorn is totally good. You you never think Aragorn yeah. is going to do something scummy. And then you get well, Game of maybe Thrones. Well, you don't. You know, you get Game of Thrones. and Everyone's, It's much more, I guess, down-to-earth, realistic view of, like, scummy. what? Almost, like, almost a bit too... Everyone can be almost a bit too scummy, though. But, like, that's just the Game of Thrones world. Yeah. So here's a Gandalf quote. So Pippin's like, I didn't think it would end this way. And Gandalf says, end? No, the journey doesn't end here. Death is just another path. One that we all must take. The gray rain curtain of this world rolls back and all turns to silver glass. And then you see it. What, Gandalf? See what? The white shores and beyond. A far green country under a swift sunrise. Well, that's not so bad, is it? No. No, it isn't. Yeah. And I was like, at that point, I was like, oh, the tears are coming. Like, yeah. it's it's just so well, like, uh, it's so well delivered. It's yeah. so well done. And it's at the part where. Gandalf, I mean, and mm, Ian I just, McKellen yeah. throughout all of the movies has fantastic moments. Great like voice. That. I mean. When they pause in the minds of Moria, and he's talking to Frodo, and he's like, Frodo's like, I wish the ring had never had come to me. And he's like, so do all who, you know, things up things happen to. But it's just like, it's just so beautiful and so like. Can I say serious, not that Henry is like getting older, serious Henry vibes. Yeah. It's so beautiful <laughs> and so apt, I think, for struggling through life, you know, like worrying about death, worrying that, man, I wish I wasn't in a situation like this. And to have somebody tell you how it is you know because gandalf doesn't you know like he he's like hey pippin might die here and i need to tell him what it might be like i mean that could be horrifying but he's like no like it's not like yeah he's like he's like i've seen it essentially and so yeah that all that stuff is i think fantastic and so well juxtaposed to then frodo and sam and i can't do it for you and Which they're just you. they're just going through the crap. I mean, they have to like they're going pick yeah. their way through the orc crowds. And there's that moment where they've dropped their armor, and then the eye like focuses on Frodo before Aragorn and friends kind of approach his gate and like focuses on him. And you, the sound effects and the music for the ring, like that kind of like oh creepy like choir as voice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it just. And how it's getting so heavy, and you can see it like pulling at their neck, and they're like yeah, at it, the 
there's a good, it shows like there's a lot of like redness around his neck oh. and like just that weight. And, and they look like they're just thirsty and like tired and exhausted. And this landscape is just horrible. Like yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's rocks and it looks hot and like humid. sharp and you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's so, it feels almost so hopeless. It does. But you, like you said, you have, you have Sam who's like this anchor who's like, Literally the only reason this whole thing gets done yeah. at the end, you know, and you you have, you know, at the very end, like Gollum is like trying to fight the ring, like they both fall into the lava. And and I mean, it's it's so touching, too, because I believe when Faramir sees Gandalf for the first time in the movie, you know, he mentions that he's seen Frodo and Sam and Gandalf can't see Frodo and Sam anymore. And he's like, oh, my gosh, they're alive. Like, yeah, like I, I can't. Him, I saw him two days ago. I can't believe it. Yeah. And, you know, so then when Aragorn and. The Undead Army gets released, and after they've kind of won the Battle of Minas Tirith and Pelennor Fields, you know, they decide, hey, we need to take people who's left, and we need to go end this. And they realize, like, we are not really strong enough, but we have to, if in order for Frodo to succeed, we have to, like, we, we have, have to put it something. all on the line here. Yeah. And, you know, of course, I like Aragorn's ranger look a lot. I like his gruff. You know, but, of course, he's all kinged out in this... His, the his, scene his they, uh, curious or whatever you call it is, is uh, pretty, it's pretty cool. And, and then they go to the, you know, so as, you know, Sam and Frodo are struggling through the orcs, you know, they go to the gate and the mouth of Sauron. Oh, uh, the mouth of Sauron is extended edition. Is he in the regular edition? I think so. He, he has a sideways mouth, right? No, he has like the big, okay. like splitting. Cause remember, I'm, no, that's what I'm thinking of the special edition. Sorry. Cause like, this is the part where yeah. sorry, I was rushing today and I had to skip over this part and get to the end. But, um, I remember the special edition. He was like, Peter Jackson's like, yeah, he's making the mouth small. No, what if we turn it sideways? And like all like, there's a lot of, like, I weird think they stuff. turned it upside down. I think that's what it is. Yeah. So that's why it looks weird. And so he's like smiling. You can tell it's like. It's, yeah, it's, he's I love his, his mask and everything. It's really, it's really cool. Oh, and he taunts the group with the mithril shirt. And then <laughs> Aragorn totally just cuts off his head. He's just like, I'm I'm tired of listening to you. And then of course the gates open and it's just hordes of orcs. And then Aragorn has that moment where he looks like he's gonna like give up and he's like, for Frodo. And then of course Mary and Pippa run out in front, and then everybody like passes him and they start fighting, and it's just yeah, it's, it's like a hopeless last stand. And then all the while that's happening, then you have, I mean, the end of this movie is so good because you have that happening. And then at the end, you know, that's the whole part with Sam and Frodo where he's, you know, I can't, if I can carry the ring, I'll carry you, which I, that part makes me tear up every time where he just picks him up in the music and you're like, oh and he, like, my you know, gosh. Sam is exhausted and yeah. tired, but he's like, no, like I, I, I have to, like, we yeah. have to do this and talk about just like compelling like i know what's gonna happen like i know how the movie ends i've seen it multiple times but like the, the acting is so good it's and then in the battle it starts win. going like yeah. worse like the big you know they kind of highlight it with uh, aragorn fighting the big troll you know and he's like hacking his thing stabbing it with his dagger and then Gollum appears and you're like oh my gosh and they're just having like this beat down fight where like they're punching each other with rocks and throwing rocks at each other and you know and Frodo wanders off up into the door and they get finally, you know, to the, the I don't know, the, the forge, the mouth, the, the mouth, which I guess it's just one of the things I think it's kind of funny. Like, I'm glad they at least approached the side of the volcano that door was on. I mean, 
Yeah, this volcano is huge. Thank God. Thank God that <laughs> up there. Where's the door? <laughs> there, there, is there a door? You know, <laughs> they go up to the top and look down. Hey, you know, about halfway down, there's a door we could have walked in. And like, oh shoot, man. But yeah, I believe it's during that battle where Gandalf sees the little moth and then Pippin. The eagles, the eagles are coming, and you're like, oh, thank God, because these freaking Nazgul men are like way too just. They're too OP. They're too OP. Too OP, man. And the eagles totally come in and they're like, <laughs> they destroy the. Yeah, because, you know, they owed, they owed Gandalf a favor, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. So you got, you got all of that. And then, of course, you have right at the end where he's like, throw in the fire. And Frodo's like, no. And you're like, oh, my God. And he goes invisible and you're just like. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. And then Smeagol comes, not, hits Sam on the back of the head with a rock, which, you know, I've hit my head a fair number of times. Can you imagine getting hit in the back of the head with a rock and I have getting fallen, back up? Like I have fallen from my bike. Yeah, that's what I can kind of think of. Like and hit my head on the head. cement before. I should bring my helmet, but I've fallen from there and hit my head, and adrenaline kicks in almost immediately. And I like I stood up and I was like, oh my gosh! And so like I was like maybe since his adrenaline's going. Maybe that's why. Um, but other than that, like, yeah, like, I feel like you'd be down for the count. Yeah. But also, you got to think, how strong is Gollum? I, I think he's pretty strong. He's also, like, super tired, though. They're all really tired. I think Gollum just, like, has just an insane ring-driven strength at this yeah, point. He, like a mania to get it back. I mean, that part at the end, it's, it's funny how you have the little invisible piggyback ride. I mean, that's, that's a great part. And then he bites off his finger. That part's in the anime movie, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he's freaky in the movie. And then, yeah, bites off the finger. And he has that moment where he gets it. And then Frodo, what I love about that part is it doesn't seem like Frodo's trying to push Gollum in. It actually just seems like Frodo's trying to get the ring back. And they struggle with the ring. They both go over the edge. And then Gollum falls, hits the lava. Such a good, like, just impact. And the, he, like, falls and the ring's in his hand. And the ring settles on that little piece of, like, and you're like, come on. <laughs> Fall, and then it Come on. And you're in. just, like, waiting. And then, you know, I think intercut with that is Frodo hanging on the edge. And you can tell Frodo's like, okay, if the ring's dead, I, there's no point. Like, I'm just going to let go. And then Sam, you know, don't you let go. And he, they grab they grab his hand, pulls him up. And then the oh. ring finally melts. And then, they you go know, like. I will say, I think the Insolence Tower starts falling. Oh, that explosion. The whoop, boom, I yeah. think that's where we get it from. How we go, whoop, we do our explosion. I think that's where we get it from. Yeah, that or just from the arrows in general. Well, because it goes, whoop, whoop, yeah, like and it, it has does a ring that. explosion out. It looks so it's good. It's so cool. And the ground starts crumbling with all the orcs. Yeah. And it just all starts falling. It all falls away. And then they get out. And, and they get out. The lava song them. They're on the rock. And they're like, exhausted like the shire and he's frodo can remember the shire and they're and then you know i the movie i think people kind of make fun of the movie because it ends multiple times but i heard i don't believe i believe it was on the channel the channel channel the channel cinema wins where he kind of pointed out pointed out to me that the movie kind of ends three times because there are three endings like that is the ending that is very true that is the ending of the ring and the quest of the ring it doesn't leave right it doesn't really leave anything up to like oh what happened and then the eagles come yeah save them and then you have like the ending of like the age like the man storyline right you have aragorn crowned you know my friends you bow to no one oh 
that just just I mean, Vigo Morganson, dude, he's yeah, amazing. amazing. And like how Vigo can be so serious, but he can show real joy and he can show real pain. And like, like Vigo is like that one guy who I'd be like, they're like, hey, you need to survive a zombie apocalypse, Charlie. You can pick any celebrity. I'd be like, Vigo. he would have played. What's the main character's name? Joel. No, uh, he would have played good Joel. Good Joel. But uh, from a oh, freaking what's it called? Big know. big zombie show. Oh, Walking Dead. Walking Dead. He could have played a good main character. Yeah. For yeah, he has again, that kind of energy. He has kind of like the Rick Grimes. Yeah, Rick Grimes. Very yeah. like magnanimous. Yeah. You know. And or then of course, job. then you have like the final ending of the movie, which is you know Frodo basically can't live on, which is I think is a really bittersweet way to end the movie like i like how there is a real cost and frodo cannot i mean his ptsd is too bad like he can't yeah live a normal life because well, he he goes with the elves to go to like to the undying land. yes and he actually you do die there if you're not you know an elf. if you're not if you're not immortal it's so think of it less of dying and it you're choosing to pass on to the afterlife yeah like and i know like there's a part like later on where like sam He's able, he goes. He goes later on, yeah. And I was always like, is he going to go and like find Frodo like not there? But I was no, like, I, maybe he like. Yeah, it's supposed to be like heaven. Yeah. But some kind of like Nirvana or something yeah. like that. Or it's uh, it's really interesting. Yeah. But, and of course, you know, that part's, I think, super emotional and very well done. And, you know, Bilbo's going and I'm ready for one last adventure. And Elrond kind of welcomes gosh. him in. And yeah, I mean. Uh, I think we skipped over the part though where Merry and Pippin reunite on the battlefield. He like finds them. Yeah. And he's like, Are you gonna leave me here? And he's like, he's like, No, he's like, I'm you know, I'm gonna yeah, be here I for mean, you. The Mary Pippin storyline where I, they're I'm separated and they're both kind of squires, I think it's fantastic. It's great. Um, it's so it makes you care about both sides because you have characters that are planted there. And it's like, man, that's like really well done. Like the craft yeah. of the movie. And it's 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 weird how like they're on like polar opposites of like, you know, not like the world, but just polar like opposite areas. And they're told the same things though. Like you're too small to fight. You can't be here, but they both find a way to like be a part of it. And you know, and it's just super well done. Well, Jack, how long we've been going for Uh, about an hour and six minutes and 20 seconds. Excellent. Before you, I feel like you could do, you know, easily hours and hours over return of the King. We've definitely hit, I think, a we, lot of we, our highlights. If we had a, uh, if we did like bullet points, we wouldn't be halfway done yet. Yeah, I think the way we did it, we could we consolidate you know, into an hour. I wanted this kind of conversation to feel like when you walk out of uh, a theater for the first time, exactly, and you're talking yeah, yeah. with your friends, and it's all you're like going through all these moments in your head, both with a bit more, yeah, uh, knowledge, I guess, you know, so it. a bit more um, examination, yeah, so. I think for me, you know, Return of the King is so successful because it just, it completes that whole story. I mean, Return of the King is my favorite. I know a lot of people who think, you know, Fellowship is their favorite or Return of the King for me. Uh, Return of the King, I think is. It's just, I mean. I, I'd, have, I'd have to watch them all again in a row to really decide which one's my yeah. favorite. And I mean, my favorite, we'll, I, we'll end here with kind of our favorite parts. I mean, we mentioned it before, but my favorite part is the. The charge of the Rohirrim across the Pelennor fields. I, I I would say that if it wasn't just for Gandalf's little quote, I think that is my favorite part of the movie. But that's the thing is, there's so much that's good. Yeah, so many little funny moments where, you know, with the orc, how that huge thing launches out of me, steps out of the way, and spits on it. 
<laughs> that guy is just such a good design. Like, yeah, he's yeah, it's really good. Uh, there's also the part where Lucas <laughs> takes on beheaded. the whole uh, Oliphant. I will say all by himself. I that part, I'm like, okay, I don't care that much. Well, I know he took it down, and then at the end, Gimli goes, "The still only counts as one." I was like, "That's pretty. That's pretty good. It's pretty funny." Yeah, I um, love how you know the little head orc captain just go totally gets owned by Aragorn later on. <laughs> he's kind of just like <laughs> dies. Yeah, so I mean, but there's so much. But yeah, Jack. So you mentioned it, your favorite parts that part with uh, Gandalf and Pippin. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, obviously, like. I know it's so short, but to no, me, it's just, I, it's that's just, a great part. It's just really impactful, and I think it's just, you know, it's a quote that I think is just, like, like it's just a great quote, you know? Yeah, it is. To me, I was like, that's a really great, great, great way to look at yeah. death if you are, like, scared of it, you yeah. know, because everyone has to go through it, yeah. and, you know, yeah. Yeah, I I totally agree, and I think... That's a good place to wrap up our conversation. Um, for anyone out there who made it this far and has not read or watched Lord of the Rings, I mean, 100% watch it. Um, if you like the movies, I would really recommend reading them. In fact, mm-hmm. um, Audible just released Audible. new unabridged versions of Lord of the Rings with Andy Serkis, the guy who played motion capture for Gollum reading the books. Okay. So, I mean, and uh, I, the Audible versions of Lord of the Rings are really the only ones that I've read, quote unquote, you know, listen to. And I really love listening to them because they're such a good verbal story. I mean, I remember all the way back when I was a kid and our dad read, you know, fellowship out loud to me, you know, and experiencing the stories in that way were very good and memorable for me. For sure. And there's a lot in there, so you will miss some, but the beauty of Lord of the Rings is going through them again and focusing and on different things. You missed and and they, yeah, Yep. More so than a lot of media out there. More so than Marvel. More so than anything else that well, people kind of watch repeatedly. Because like we said, there's a whole world. Yeah. And so if you're interested, like there's so much like lore and history and backstory you can look into. It's almost like he was living in another world. Like, like that's how much there is. It's unreal. So As somebody who makes up, who's made up my own world, made up the history, I look at the depth of Middle Earth and I'm like, Jesus Christ. How? Like, how did he do that? And yeah. it's beautifully written, too. Like, it's not like, you know, I, I love Game of Thrones. I love the first book. You know, read it, actually read through it recently. Um, But I wouldn't say it's beautifully written like Lord of the Rings is beautifully written. You know what I mean? Game of Thrones, I think, is much more intriguing and compelling and really, like, pulls you through. And you're like, oh, my gosh, what what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. And the book Game of Thrones, I think, is way better than the show. I 100% stand by it. I love the show. But, of course, you know, last season and sour. And what's so beautiful about Lord of the Rings is you watch it and you're like, that was amazing. I want to watch it again. Yeah. And, it does have that going for it. Yeah. 100%. Jack, that's about all I have for Return of the King. Do you have any any other little last bits? I, I think I'm good. Um, like I said, at some point, I do want to rewatch the whole series again. It's just... Really well done. And like Charlie said earlier, if you haven't watched it or if you've been thinking about rewatching it, do it. Do yourself a favor. Rewatch it. Watch and, them. And what I'll say, the for the special editions, I think, you know, for the 4K Ultimate, whatever now, you know, I've only watched like the DVD special editions, but 
what I'll say is that when you learn about how they made the movie, it only makes you like the movie more. You know, they learned oh, the insane amount of work and dedication and almost lightning in the bottle. Like, they got it. And I don't know how they did it. Like, when you watch the movies as a whole, you're like, were those really made 20 years ago? Really? Yeah, it's like the like the, the combination of, like, miniatures along with, like, full sets built along with, like... Just the way Middle Earth looks and feels is... It, it it's really, such an achievement. For, and then, for its time, yeah. it really is unreal how well those still stand up. Yeah. I was like, even I was like, even Gollum like looks great. Yeah. I was like, Gollum looks really good, like honestly. Yeah. So yeah. Stand up. I agree. Well, Jack, and everyone out there, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Raconteur Collection, all Dr. about Shane. Return of the King. Arigato. If you really like what we do. You can follow us on Spotify, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Any place you can find podcasts, you probably can find the Rack and Tour collection. Hell yeah. Also, letting you guys know, you're listening to the 62nd most listened to podcast in Austria under the uh, category comedy, which I don't know why we're comedy, but I can see it. I got a random email and I it was like, hey, I'm I run this whole thing. And I was like, you're 62nd in Austria and under this category. And I was like, I'm gonna like Google this. And Heck yeah! Went under Reddit and I was like, yeah, like this is like, it's it's a real thing. Like it, huh. it's actually like a, the huh. real charts. Yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. So if someone from Austria listening, thank you. Thank I don't you. know how we're Making comedy, a but sixty second. <laughs> I can see how we're comedy. Hell yeah, brother. Heck yeah, man. But if you really love what we do, you really really love what we do, and you want to support us, you can find us on Patreon. Give us that sweet sweet support dough. us over there. But. Sorry, that is all we have for this episode of the Raconteur Collection. Join us next week as we delve, as we explore, as we discover the uncharted lands of some other thing. Okay, good. I was like, do you know what we're talking <laughs> no. about? Because I was like, I don't know what we're talking about just yet, but all right. Charles got to get to some D&D, so. Got to go play some Dungeons and Dragons. And I got to hand dragons out some Dragons and Dungeons. Chains, so. All right, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Dungeons Thanks for watching, guys. Appreciate you. Dragons. Do you know on the the Spotify like relaxing Lord of the Rings music they have like the Isengard theme on there? So you're listening to and you're like ah, and then and you're like oh my god, this is relaxing. It's like it's like labor under like relaxing sleep, and I'm like, what? Who did that? Time to sleep. You're about to fall asleep, then your eyes wide open. You're actually in a dream, and you're running from the orcs. All right. Goodbye, guys. See ya. Bye.